Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, Derek, nope. <laughs> and this week, Juan <laughs> Bracey hits the three. And that's really the only thing that I can take away from this week, even though Tech won both their games, but all I can see is that step back three and then celebrating with the rest of the crowd. Oh, man. And the rest of the team and everything. He waved, so hype. He waved off the big. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So doing I, it himself. I was sitting watching that on my laptop in the living room. And Catherine was reading on the couch next to me and I just like stood up and flailed around like silently. And then I sat down and I said, and Nathan, I apologize for this. I sat down and I said, F-ing right, man. <laughs> and Catherine just looked at me with like kind of a mixture of disappointment and disgust and, and remorse that she's res- marrying you. Yeah. In resignation months. that she's marrying me in eight months, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still, I guess I'm still in football mode because I immediately started looking for a flag on the play because there's no way <laughs> that something that good could have happened there. I was like, I'm going to overtime at best. Imagine a flag is thrown erroneously. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong sport. Hey, with, with CUSA refs, you never know. But yeah, the dogs did win both their games this week against Charlotte and Old Dominion. Again, Old Dominion's the fun one there. Uh, the Texters dropped there too, though, sadly. Both, again, to Charlotte and ODU because they always play the same teams. But yeah, yeah. Not great on. Not good. Not, not going to talk too much about the Texters tonight. No. They didn't, they didn't earn much, uh, much oh. discussion. <laughs> That's why they play. <laughs> they play to earn the right yeah. to talk on the, on the show. Soon we'll be blocked on Twitter by them too. <laughs> Well, then let's start with the men, where we'll spend most of our time here. And the first game this week was Thursday night against Charlotte, a game that Tech won 72-59, to and a game that was all about the three, really. Indeed. Yeah. Tech shot great early from three. In fact, those first three made shots were all from deep, uh, and it quickly became the theme of the game. Tech shot 22 three-pointers over the course of the game, which is actually the seventh fewest they have all season, but they made 13 of them for 59%. The only game they thought better was Mississippi State. That was 62.5% from three point. Yeah, Tech actually started out five for five, too, I had in in my notes. So that's that's pretty good. And, you know, Charlotte, uh, they play a defense that they don't want to give up the middle. They don't want to give up the lane. And so Tech just took the outside and was like, all right, we'll just start out with 15 points here real fast. And uh, that. (laughs) that worked out. So, yeah, unfortunately, though, Charlotte was also pretty good from deep all night. They shot 42%, which is still quite a bit above average. And there's a two minute period halfway through the first half, somewhere in there, where the teams are combined five for six for downtown in a two minute, like 10 second period. So, just wow. three after three <laughs> after three. Well, Jeez. that's a frantic Mr. Krabs face. I'll be sure to get that in somehow audio wise. Thank yeah, you. Tech one by 13, but. The game was close pretty much the whole way. With 6-19 left, Charlotte pulled within seven with, like you probably guessed it, a three ball because <laughs> that just kept happening on them. But Tech was able to pull away late and, again, win by 13, which can't hate on too bad for some of these conference games that end up being really close and coming down right to the wire. Yeah. And Charlotte's not a bad team. Charlotte's, you know, got 12-8. and eight. I don't. I mean, they're not world beaters or anything, but they're a fair team. Yeah, they started out really hot in conference and were leading the conference for a little bit uh, at like 3 or 4-0, and oh, I think. But I guess they've cooled off since then. But Yeah, like most other 49ers, they choked. Ooh, Ooh timely reference. <laughs> I bet you can guess uh, when we're recording this. Yeah. <laughs> One of the main things I noticed in the game, Xavier and Kristen got some meaningful minutes in this game, especially in the first half. He was on the court for like, 
seven or eight minutes in a row. And I think it was because we had a little bit of foul trouble to guys like Ledoux that just, you know, Conkle trusts him, put him out there. And, you know, that was really, really good to see. Yeah, he had 13 minutes coming off the bench, which is as many as he's had outside of two games against Southern New Orleans and ULL. Those are the only times he's had more minutes. Often he's come in at the end of the game when Tech is up by quite a bit or down by quite a bit and kind of chewed those last few minutes up to get some time out there. But it was really nice to see him. Oh, okay. Xavier Christian's going to come into the game. And it's always fun to listen to the radio for the games like this because Dave Nitz always calls him the X-Man every time he says his name. Xavier, (laughs) the X-Man Christian, which I've never heard anyone else call him that, but Dave Nitz does, so I guess I will too. Yeah. <laughs> we all follow Nitz's lead. We do. Well, Christian had some meaningful minutes. Moe's minutes weren't really put to well use. It wasn't really his night out there. He looked kind of sluggish without full effort. If you had told me that he had a cold or the flu or some sort of stomach bug or something, I really wouldn't have been surprised. It didn't look like the typical Moe night like we've seen in recent weeks. But then again, we've he's just setting a very high bar for himself too. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he didn't have a terrible game. He, no. I mean, he... Uh, isn't putting up the numbers we're used to him putting up. Still grabbed four boards, had 10 points. Uh, not super meaningful points-wise, but still contributed, but had some other big contributions during the game as well for some other players. Yeah, and, and that's mostly an eyeball test kind of thing. I'm not saying any night he doesn't pick up a double-double as a waste of a night, but <laughs> but yeah, it just it didn't feel like full effort. Now look, I mean, Tech won by 13, so it would be a different story if we had dropped this one somehow. Indeed it would have been, but uh, I think I said in an earlier podcast that it could be a different guy every night. It could be a different guy that's going to get you to the W. So in this particular game, it may not have been him, but other guys are always going to have to step up. So Yeah, and, and like you said, a different guy could get you there. And in this game, to me, it was really Derek Jean. Agreed. Um, he, he scored 16 points, which I believe led the team. Dished out six assists as well. Yeah, he led the team in points with 16. And then, yeah, like you said, six assists, three rebounds for, for him as well. But the main thing, uh, which Ben over at Bleed Tech Blue pointed this out on Twitter, he held Jameer Young to one of 12 from the field. It's and That is top tier yeah. right there. I mean, that's what yeah. you like. That's what I love. So yeah, shout out to shout out to Bleed Tech Blue for that one. But also Ken Palm gave him the MVP of the game. So congrats, Derek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One other thing I noticed on the night, just another eyeball test thing, like I mentioned about Mo, was it felt like both teams looked kind of sloppy. The turnovers on both sides don't really add up to it being a sloppy night. Like few, both teams had fewer than the normal turnovers they have over the course of the season. But 14 minutes into the game, it felt like teams were just trading turnovers back and forth. And late in the game, <laughs> when the Bulldogs could have sealed it earlier than they did, they had a couple key turnovers that really gave Charlotte a chance to get back into it. After comparing this to the game, ODU where every possession counted, and this one, I guess it it didn't. But I'm glad that those key turnovers came in a game that we still won by a bit. Every time I see Mo Mohammed, I immediately want to listen to Mo Bamba because <laughs> okay. uh, because I am a surface level knowledge rap fan. So every time I see him, I want to listen to that. I have no idea how to transition out of that one. But one other thought <laughs> I had <laughs> written down over here. So this year, there's a new rule that affects the shot clock. So you get a 30 second shot clock normally. If there's an offensive rebound, when it hits the iron and bounces off, you get 20 seconds. If the idea is to speed the game up a little bit. But one thing I've noticed is when Tech gets that offensive rebound, they try to reset, which is kind of normal, but it's taking 10, 12, 13 seconds to reset. So you end up with a very short shot clock. 
and and not taking the best shot on that second attempt. Yeah. So that's <laughs> something that's concerning me a little bit. I'm not going to pretend like I'm the best basketball mind. Like football and baseball to me, I understand a lot more. Well, Evan is the king of basketball. That's what he's named in our <laughs> chat still. <laughs> oh, am I really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you're still Frosty the Snowman. (laughs) But that's something that's concerning me moving forward, where if we always take that 10 seconds to reset, that becomes crucial because we end up throwing a Desperation 3 up, which happens a lot. And not every night are we going to go 80% or 70% from 3. Not not shooting 59% from 3 most nights. So, (laughs) If only. Speaking of 3 balls, what happened in ODU, Nathan? Well... A lot of three balls, or at least one meaningful one there at the end. <laughs> Tech yeah, ended up beating the Monarchs, yes. 76 to 73, because of a three ball. We're not shooting very well from three in this game. Not not horrible, but nowhere near as awful as ODU did. Yes. And it was the red out game. The Tech didn't really look that full on TV. No, not at all. But not the all. crowd and band were loud. Like, it sounded like it was packed. If they yeah. had just put cardboard cutouts out in the stadium, like <laughs> I suggested several years ago. <laughs> It would have been fine. One thing I want to get out of the way early when we're talking about Old Dominion, so we can move on to that clutch three, is the refs. I don't know if oh y'all had the same opinions I do about this, but... Awful. About a third of my notes are devoted to them. I guess not devoted. That sounds... I didn't write romantic poetry about the <laughs> refs, but... How many ways do I love the CUSA refs? <laughs> Well, this is the game where you were expecting the flag to be thrown as though this was a different sport. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. If they got the sport wrong, it wouldn't surprise me. Called a face mask. (laughs) They were quick to call fouls. A lot of fouls were called on both teams. It's not really against Tech here. I don't think it's a ODU benefited or Tech benefited from this as much as just it was annoying and it slowed the game down and it made it harder to watch and listen to when you have 38 personal fouls called collectively yeah uh, yeah it's uh pretty horrendous a basketball game is 40 minutes long game clockwise so that's almost a foul a minute (laughs) (laughs) that's so better man come on yeah and, and even when they did call fouls which Okay, I guess. But the fouls were often wrong. Like, even when they were called against Old Dominion, I was like, no, that's, I, I think that's on tech there. And sometimes it was against tech. And it's like, okay, no, that's <laughs> on ODU. I, it just, it was annoying. The band probably had to start repeating those cheers that they do. Because <laughs> yeah. you only have so many of them. You try to space them out. But J Rob gets it belligerent. For what it's worth, too, it says there were 3,763 people at the game, which is pretty decent. That's about yeah, half I, the tech. I, so. I don't think that that's accurate <laughs> there were some lower seats empty and the upper seats <laughs> the couple shots they made looked like they were pretty empty but i don't think that's a style but i mean <laughs> I, I i don't think maybe that not that's accurate maybe not maybe divide it in half and well let me put it to you this this way when the texters played uh mtsu last week it said there were like 146 people there so Oof. oh my god uh, yeah i think i had more people at the super bowl party last night <laughs> I know I definitely ate more than that of tortilla roll-ups. Good Lord. (laughs) If you had to put a number on how many tortilla roll-ups you had, what would be the number? I would say at least 147. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what else is good to know is that even though there was a lot of hacking going on or non-existent hacking or a hack job by the refs, hey, oh. Ooh. <laughs> the uh, Tech was remarkably X from the stripe in this game. Yeah, Tech Finally. went 19 for 23 for 83% at the stripe. That's the highest percentage in any game by Tech that has I'm, at least 20 attempts in it. I am clapping. Yeah. <laughs> and guess how ODU did? They did not as good. They hit 64%. 
which is about what tech averages on the season. <laughs> the Monarchs are usually a slightly below average team. They usually hit about 69, 68%, not Lamau. 64. But they hit 82% against Southern Miss two nights earlier. So we just got lucky there. In a game, we won by three. If they were more consistent from the free throw line and we were our normal bad, then this could have gone the other way. <laughs> hey, still got it done, though. And it's good to see progress, especially in that area. Yeah. And in the game itself, it was back and forth all game. It was a very exciting game and one that was hard to keep up with. I was switching constantly between TV and radio, but Tech was up by nine at one point. They fell to only up by one. Archibald nailed a three, and then ODU nailed a three, and then Bracey nailed a three and got fouled and hit the foul shot, just to give a little snippet of how this game won. I had in all caps in my notes, he hit the <laughs> and one. <laughs> About damn time. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, going to halftime, we were up seven, which to me, it felt kind of lucky that we were up seven. I don't know about y'all, but it didn't feel like we really deserved to have a seven-point lead well, there. given the circumstances, I would say no. I, I I don't think it was very well-deserved, but wasn't complaining. Yeah, and if you saw the <laughs> second half of this game, you probably saw what it looked like in the first half. It was back and forth the whole time, and then with seconds left, Tech has the ball, tie game, oh. Derek Bracey waves off. Not Derek Bracey. Bracey, Daquan Derek, Bracey. Oh I'm dressing this up every time. I keep wanting to say Derek Jean. Day, they morphed day into one person. Bracey. But Day Day Bracey has the ball. He waves everyone off. It's going to be one on one. Attempts to drive, step back, three, hits it. 1.3 seconds left or whatever. Doesn't matter. Tech walks away. 76 73 victory. Well, let's all hear it for Nathan's excellent Harry Carey impersonation on that great narration there. Is it a Harry Carey impersonation because it's bad or because well, I'm drunk? Are you drunk? No. <laughs> I love Harry Carey. Uh, one thing going into this game I was a little bit worried about once I pulled the stream up was, oh, ODU is big. Several of their players seemed to dwarf at least our starting five and had me kind of worried about would that force Tech to just shoot a bunch of threes? Would they be able to actually drive into the lane, put up better percentage shots? Um, and that's maybe where these refs calling ticky-tacky fouls all over the place kind of helped us because you start playing more conservative defense and that can benefit when you're trying to drive and, and score points in the paint. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how tall their guys are per chance, but I mean, are they really, I mean, that's not something I really noticed. They have like seven foot guys. I mean, just looking at an eyeball test is kind of what I saw there. I guess no one really on their roster is that big. Maybe just the guys we used to have out there as our starting five or smaller. <laughs> their tallest player is six foot eight. They have two six foot eighters. Oh, they have a seven footer. Oh God. But he doesn't play too many meaningful minutes. I'm not sure if he was one of the first ones out there or not. But it was nice to not have to worry so much about those big guys, especially because Carver, ODU's one of their bigs, fouled out. He led ODU in rebounds. And in the final two minutes, the Monarchs were without him. And hmm. Tech got a couple offensive rebounds at the end of the game that allowed them to burn the clock a little bit more. That may have been the factor that decided the game. Huh. So after those two games this week, the Dogs have moved up to 55th in the Kempom rankings. That's the second yeah. best offense in Kusa and the best defense in Kusa. Yeah, we're the best overall team. But as far as the efficiency ratings go, we're second best behind North Texas offensively and then the best defense. And defense wins championships? Sure. That's okay. what we can last, tell ourselves anyway. Not last night, I didn't. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> Take that. Sorry, sorry, all the 49ers faithful we have listening here. Matt is, uh, Matt is a Kansas, Kansas City, City boy. So, yeah, but anyway, back to tech. We're 79th in the net rankings, which is the one that actually matters. Not quite there in the top um, 64 where we'd need to be, but 
you know, we've said all along, we'll say it again. We'll say it next week too. We're not going to get in the tournament unless we win the conference tournament. So I guess the good news with that is that I don't see a way that our spot in the top pod is going to fall. I mean, we're now tied for first place. I guess technically we lose that tie with North Texas. So, but the, the conference standings are, you know, for us to fall out of the top five, we'd have to fall all the way to sixth place, which would be behind a team that's two games back. So we'd have to lose three games and all of the teams with us would have to win out basically for us to not be in the top pod. Yeah. And there are four games left just to put a reference around this. Yeah. Also, thanks for letting us know that to fall out of the top five, we'd have to fall to six. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Yeah. You know, Hey, some people don't, you know, some of our listeners aren't, aren't the smartest, right? So, Wow, we didn't solve our fans, dude. Making it worse. <laughs> you are just terrible today. All right. Anyway, so starting out those those uh, four games we have left this week, we've got Western Kentucky and Marshall. Nathan, what what should we know about uh, Western Kentucky to start out with on Thursday night? Yeah, Western Kentucky is fourteen and eight overall and seven and three in conference. Their strength of schedule is one hundred and forty third in the country. Again, for reference, Tech is two hundred forty fourth. Luckily, though, Tech has decent odds to win. I guess better than a flip of a coin. Ken Palm gives Tech a fifty five percent chance to win with a final score prediction of seventy three to seventy two. And Massey gives Tech a fifty two percent chance to win with a final score prediction of seventy two to seventy one. Oh so, man, very oh. close game expected here. This one's oh, going to be a nail biter then. <laughs> Not like this. How about how about it ends like this? Okay, so so we're up 72 to 69. Western Kentucky Lamau. shoots at the buzzer what appears to be a three-pointer, but then they review it and his foot was on the line. So <laughs> we win by one. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, take yes, it. I'll take yeah. it. Why not? Yeah, so we've been doing these best wins and worst losses for a few weeks now. I don't think we've done one yet where the best win has been this highly ranked. Western Kentucky beat number 34 Arkansas in overtime, 86 to 79. Yeah. I believe at home. Yeah, I I think it was a home game for them. But yeah, that was an impressive win. I remember because I think Western Kentucky, you know, they always kind of have high expectations and the season didn't start out like they thought it would. But then that game, they were like, oh, wait, we are actually good. (laughs) So, um, Yeah, but then on the flip side of that corn, did I say corn? You did. did on the flip, flip side, side of that corn? <laughs> on the flip side of that corn, their worst loss. Man, was I'm to... the dumb idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their worst loss was to number 184 FAU. At least it was at FAU, but the final score was 69 to 65. And there were a lot of upset Hilltopper fans after, after that one. <laughs> FAU is not a very good team. Uh, and luckily, yeah. Texas still has them remaining on their schedule, but... Was that this last week they lost to them? Yes. Okay. Cool. I think it was Thursday. Foreshadowing a little bit. Yes. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. So what are the things that we should be looking out for in this game? Yeah. So I have two things down as what they're good at because I just couldn't decide between the two. The first one is free throw shooting, which uh, I don't know what to say about free throw shooting anymore than just tech is bad at it. It, it feels like we're beating a dead horse, but tech just needs to get better. They were able to get as good as Western Kentucky is that be amazing because western kentucky is 78.1 percent at the free throw line that's the sixth best in the nation jesus that's incredible no no player on the hilltoppers who has at least four shots has a worse free throw percentage than tech does as a team wow so they have no one shooting less than 64 percent yeah i think there was one player who was one for three (laughs) well that guy sucks man that's why he's not getting any. they cut all his minutes 
Yeah, uh, there's an 86% shooter, a 67.9, that's their lowest, a wow. 76%, a 69, a 76, 79, and 84. Wow, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of foul shooting, Western Kentucky is good at avoiding the fouls when they're on the defensive side of the ball. They're the fourth best team in the country at avoiding fouls and keeping opponents from the free throw line. So that's normally a very good thing, but... It gives Tech fewer chances to miss from the free throw line, but it'd still be nice to have a few more opportunities to score a few more points. Yeah, for sure. What they're bad at, however, is two-point defense, which feels very specific, so let me explain. They allow a two-point percentage of 53%, which is 200th in the nation, but they're actually 47th in basketball at defending the three. So they are good at perimeter defense, but once you penetrate that perimeter, they are not that great at defense in the paint is what that's telling me so yeah so this is gonna we're gonna need mo and andrew gordon to show up big time if mo has a game like he had against middle tennessee a couple or last week it seems like they're a little bit weak and in the middle there so he he should be able to have an impact but hopefully he's feeling it you know like he was that day yeah and that maybe explain why they don't foul teams a lot because fouls a lot of times happen when defenders are making a defensive play that just Sometimes it's actually a good defensive play and the ref doesn't see that clearly, but that's enough about ODU. But (laughs) but if they're not contesting shots inside the arc, then they're not going to get those fouls anyway. So maybe that has something to do with it. But also Charles Basie, Bassey, whatever, is out for the year. He was their big guy, six foot 11. He's been out for a little while. It's beginning of the year, I believe nine games in, but it's worth mentioning again that they'll be without him because now the tallest player with meaningful minutes on the roster is six foot five, which again <laughs> explains some of that two point defense struggle. So yeah, so Mo and Andrew Gordon shouldn't have too much trouble getting rebounds and driving the lane, hopefully. But oh, that's up so. Yeah, they do have a six foot eleven guy on their bench, Matt Horton, but he's only played six percent of the minutes as a senior. So poor guy. Yeah. I'm he's probably getting more shots now with their normal big guy out. But yeah, so that's that's Western Kentucky. That'll be Thursday night. And then Saturday, Tech travels to Huntington, West Virginia, where Tech goes to die usually, but hopefully won't this time to take uh, on the Marshall Thunder. No. <laughs> yeah, just uh, I can't think of Marshall without being sad about it. So sorry uh, for bringing that energy. But Marshall is 10 and 13 overall and four and sixth in conference. So Tech should have a better shot against them. Their strength of schedule is 134th, which is even better than Western Kentucky's odds to win. Ken Palm gives tech a 68% chance to win, which is better than they give for Western Kentucky with a final score prediction of 76 to 71. And Massey gives tech a 66% chance to win with a final score prediction of 74 to 69. Nice. We've made it fam, but their best win on the year was a neutral court decision over Duquesne, who I keep wanting to pronounce as Duquesne. They're number 95 in (laughs) Palm and the final score was 83 to 61. So significant. Wow. That's a good win. Yeah. But their worst loss also was to FAU, which is kind of funny. And they lost 91 to 73. So not even really a close one. Goodness. And that was, I believe their last game, right? Yes. So, so FAU, just went two and zero against our opponents this yeah. week. Is that is that what I'm reading here? That yes. FAU, who's twelve and fifteen and or uh, ten and thirteen and four and six in conference. And who we play not this week but next week, and maybe heating up at the wrong time for us to face them. Yeah, I'm saying that. Right. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, but looking back at Marshall, what Marshall is good at is blocking shots. On average, teams block about 9% of the shots that are taken against them, to give a frame of reference. Marshall blocks 13.5%. That's 25th best in the country. Hmm. Well, that's not bad. But what they are bad at is defensive rebounds. They are 326th in the nation at allowing the offensive team to rebound the ball. Wow, that is... (laughs) Just about a third of the time a shot is put up and missed, the offensive team comes down with it. Oh, wow. Well, then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They they have the taller players. They're just not making the effort, I guess. Yeah, what's what's their seven footer's name, Nathan? The seven footer's name is I. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. It is. I'll I'll give it a stab. I think it's Goran Miladinovic. Miladinovic. Goran Miladinovic. Miladinovic. That looks right. Yeah. Anyway, I walked right uh, into that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. You know, I want to get predictions on both these games, but I think one thing to keep in mind is, like we said last week, it's really hard to win two games on the road in this conference. But what do you, what are you guys' thoughts for reference to the Western Kentuckys got the 54th best home court advantage in the country and uh, Marshall's got the 63rd best in the country. So for reference, I think tech is in the top five, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. So tech is fourth. Yeah. So yeah. What, what do you think, Matt, who you got in these two games? I think that we're going to blow it <laughs> against both. No, I, uh, I really don't see why we can't win both of these games. I mean, now that I've said that, I'm sure that we're bound to lose both of them in a heartbreaking, <laughs> heartbreaking fashion. But given the fact that we are in a win streak, guys, we've won what uh, four in a row. Yep. So yeah, on a little bit of a win streak here, carry that momentum in the next couple of games. I love being able to watch a game. Thank you, ESPN Plus. And I've said this now for a couple of uh, podcasts. I love how there's just a different guy stepping up every night. I love it. I mean, that's that. That's what to me really makes the team special so i think we're gonna win both all right really glad real quickly that you brought up the tv situation just to make a mention of it the western kentucky game thursday night is on cbs sports but after that the last three will be on espn plus (laughs) i don't have that right now (laughs) oh well yeah well that sucks but anyway shout out espn plus and please sponsor us give us money we'll tweet out a way that like we do with the football season We'll tweet out away on Thursday. You can find CBS Sports Network on a free trial if you don't have it like me. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, Nathan, you think you think we're going to win even if nobody watches it? Or does the game even count if it's on CBS Sports <laughs> Network? Or how does that I mean, work? I'm actually going to a watch party in D.C. for this one because the D.C. alumni group is actually Hey-o. getting active now. Oh. But I think that. I guess I'll be optimistic and say they win the game. I'll be at the watch party for just so I don't have to at home all sad. (laughs) But Western Kentucky is the better team of the two that we're going to face, but they're also the earlier team. Yeah. This is the hardest road stretch we have only because of the amount of travel that goes into it. The distance between Reston, Louisiana and Huntington, West Virginia is significant. And the way these travel games work in conference slate is you travel to West Kentucky, then you travel to Marshall. You don't really go home in between the two. And I can see getting, I wouldn't say jet lagged, but getting kind of worn out from, from the road trip, even if you're just coming off of home stretch the week before. So I think Tech mm-hmm. has their A game against Western Kentucky. A team that has started to show some holes, especially against FAU, but against Marshall in a game that probably you'd feel more confident about them winning, that they're going to drop that one. But either way, I think they go one and one on the week. Like you said, road trips are hard, especially in conference. Yeah, tell Cody Sokol that. Yeah, we can start listing names here if we want to, but (sighs) tell Aaron Allen that. Oh, God. (laughs) It's not so much it being Marshall itself or some sort of curse there, but I won't be too upset if Tech drops one of these, only because... 
as long as we win one of them, and I feel pretty confident yeah. about the Florida oh, Twins yeah. next week, that Tech makes the top pod. And I don't even really care where they end up one through four, as long as they're one through four. And making the top pod is the best, is really the only chance, I guess, to make one of those spots and get the first round by in the tournament. Yeah, oh, we got this. We're in this. Bitch. Yeah, I, I think we're going to go one and one this week. I, I, It's just so hard to win on the road. We can win both these games, but I think we're going to lose to Western Kentucky and beat Marshall. You know, that's just because of the quality of opponent. And like I said, I think Tech has the team. And I almost want to say 2-0 and o because of Nathan's research there that they're not very good in the middle. And we've got one of the best post-up players in the conference and in, in Mo Muhammad. So I, man, I'm going to, I'm going to talk myself into two and O, but I'm, I'm going one <laughs> and one on the week and we'll still be in very solid position, uh, probably first or second in the conference, even with a loss. So, okay. Yeah. And we'll skip right over the texters. Yeah. Just, just to mention real fast, they lost, uh, they lost 55 to 37 at Charlotte, which I'm really glad I didn't make the hour and 15 minute drive up to Charlotte's (laughs) campus for that. And then they lost 77 to 61 at ODU. Who's very good. Um, so at least they were able to score 60 points, but, and I'm glad I didn't make the three hour trip for that game. Yeah. There was a DC alumni event for that one too. So, I mean, we're just going to brush right past it and say that they need to do better and not lose their fourth and fifth games in a row this week, please. That would be great. Yeah. So we'll skip to a different sport entirely now then, and we'll go to football. Yep. Where Tech has two newly announced signees that will be a big part of this Wednesday's signing day. You want to tell us about the first one, Evan? Yeah. First, I want to say there are some things we can't talk about because they're not public knowledge, but if you were smart and you joined bleed tech blue for one dollar or whatever you would uh you would know about them nice plug Uh, so we know things that you don't so go join and you'll know them too but the first of the two players uh just announced his decision today on monday as we record his name's dallas taylor cortez he's a six foot three 173 pound defensive back who is coming our way via iowa western community college which is one hour north of three hours north of oh which one is it, Matt? It's three hours, you elitist <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a hashtag coastal elite, Matt. I don't know about where, yeah. where things are. You live are. in South Carolina! So he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school in California, and he chose Iowa State, but he ran into a little bit of uh, trouble there. Um, he was expected to be a guy who could come in and make an impact as a freshman, as a true freshman, but uh, he and four of his fellow teammates got suspended due to quote poor decisions according to their head coach uh so he decided to pack up his bags and go the community college route to kind of find himself or you know reinvent himself i guess um council bluffs yeah so so he went there and today he announced his decision to come to tech and thanked the Iowa Western community for uh, the support and opportunity to redeem himself and renew his name. So that's a very exciting proposition since we're losing a meek. And this guy is about five inches taller than a meek. So, or maybe six inches. So he's got that Richard Sherman frame. Yeah. That dude's huge. So, you know, get him in Kurt Hester's program this off season and he should be ready to go uh, in the fall. Hopefully, being a starter at the cornerback or safety position. So, and then also today, Caleb Holstein, who is a six foot five, 210 pound quarterback. Yeah. Six foot five quarterback committed, or he decommitted from Harvard and committed to tech 
today because he wanted to stay closer to home. He had other offers from Boston College, Cincinnati, and Missouri. So this is a pretty big addition, but there's a lot of talent in that room. And so we're not exactly sure where he's going to fit in, but it's very good to to see this kid who was uh, rated as the 34th best pro style quarterback in the country, which doesn't sound like much, I guess, but I mean, no, that's there's 130 programs. Got 130 getting a quarterback each year. Yeah. Uh, so, so that is, that is very good. And he was rated as the 30th best overall player in Louisiana, which as we all know, Louisiana is a fantastic high school football state. So it is yeah, pretty big pickup there for tech in, in this late signing period is on Wednesday of this week. So two pretty big additions there late in the class. Yeah. In addition to the players that will be on the team, tech's coaching staff has finally been finalized. I guess. Is that something? That is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Defensive line coach is Anthony Camp. He comes from ULM. I almost said ULL because I'm not used to there being another one. But ULM is a, <laughs> it's another team that exists in the state of Louisiana. And that's where Anthony Camp came from. And then the outside receivers coach, John Allen, was, I think, officially announced by Tech's Twitter today. Yep. Uh, he was the head coach of the Berlin Thunder of NFL Europe in 2007. <laughs> yeah. The Berlin Thunder went two and eight. Yeah, that was the oh. last year of NFL Europe. So, <laughs> and we can all blame him. Yeah. More recently, though, he's been the Delaware State wide receivers coach, and last year he was at Old Dominion as their receivers coach. So, I guess we're just purging the monarchs yeah. of every coach <laughs> they've had. And as I learned, this John Allen is not the other John Allen that was honored two years ago from the class of '73 with the Tower Medallion. <laughs> What's the Tower Medallion? I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> I actually have not the slightest idea, but yeah, John Allen is also distinguished alumnus of Louisiana Tech. He received yeah. the, ta- the mystical Tower Medallion. He graduated in '73. I think I said that twice, uh, and was a member of the 1973 Southland Conference Track and Field Champion. Are we sure this isn't the same John Allen that is the president of the Brookings Institution and a retired United States Marine Corps Four Star <laughs> General? I'm going to go ahead and say they are two completely different I think all people. three of these guys are the exact same person. Or one person. They just they just have separate Wikipedia pages because, you know, the Illuminati or whatever. Oh, okay. Here we go. This John Allen played a major role in the planning instruction of the Argent Pavilion. Oh, uh, cool. So we love you, John Allen. Yeah. The other John Shout Allen. out. Shout out every John Allen. All John Allen. We love all of them. <laughs> Oh, man. That wraps it up for the football side of it. To quickly touch on baseball, only because I really like baseball. Tech announced some really, really nice Columbia blue baseball jerseys. Hell yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yep. I am willing to rob a locker room to get one. I won't, legally speaking, Gra- but I'm willing two. to. Grab two, wink, wink. Yeah, when you go totally not rob the locker room, just grab two. I'll, I'll take one, yeah. too. Yeah, that, that was really cool. And I, I tweeted from our account, now do football. Hopefully they'll they'll get the message and do that. Because, man, Columbia blue football jerseys with, like, the white helmet or if they wanted to do a columbia blue helmet oh man oh god it's too much i can't i can't Uh, nathan uh you picked out a tweet of the week yeah so we play western kentucky this week and we already kind of talked about how they lost to fau and immediately following that loss they tweeted out a tweet that said i'm fine and included well i want to play the audio right now <laughs> oh man 
man. So yeah, so it's yeah, it's the the Kanye. What is that? Wolves, right? Or it's Stephen A. Smith saying, "I am having a very bad day." <laughs> so good. Oh man. Oh, yeah, I pulled up that tweet about six times and just laughed at it throughout the course of Thursday night. <laughs> so. Oh man. And let's just hope we can give them another very bad day. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday night. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E, or go to our blog where we'll eventually have another post up. That's on me at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And Go Tech Please Don't Die. Yay, please. please. Four and oh. Let's do it. first half because i was watching uh little women at the uh independent theater here in town so you know what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> so i got home in time for the second half but i i have no opinions about the first half here i'll just let that silence sit here for a second <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey it's an excellent uh, film greta gerwig is a master man come on i will gonna, take your word for it i'm gonna turn on space between for you bro <laughs>